This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hey, welcome to Otago Access Radio 105.4. This is Peter Kesher. You're listening to the Dunedin Multicultural Council live on air. Hey, we've just had Race Relations Week, which ran from the 18th of March to 26th of March. During that week, we had a forum and that involved different people in the community, immigrants, a city councillor, people from the university and the general public. And what a great response in terms of um, the subjects and, and things that were raised. Um, really great information, great questions, interesting answers. Um, and it was good to hear from a diverse uh, spectrum of ethnicities in Aotearoa. I've got some um, recordings of the conversations that were had and at Toitu Museum, which was held on the 21st, Tuesday the 21st of March, during our Race Relations Week. So I think you find some things quite interesting. To start the ball rolling, he's a Syrian immigrant, talking about his um, settling in New Zealand. Let's go. I think, like, uh, someone first, like, arrived here in New Zealand for around five years. The only see that I were, like said, like we are coming to election time. And it was my first experience in Western democracy. I grew up in a dictatorship country. We never had an election, we had a referendum. And usually it comes with a yes only, there is no no. So that's why, like, but what, to be honest, was the shock for me that coming to election time, I never heard any politician coming and speaking about what they can do. I've heard them talking about how how we should be afraid from the other ones. Mm-hmm. And, get them. and I think the fear culture it created really the biggest uh, gap at the beginning when people stop fearing, fearing the people who are actually not engaging with. So, like I believe what you are doing, plus and the multi ethnic council, uh, that, uh, those celebrations. This is where bring people together, introducing people to other cultures. Let them come and practice your culture, wear your traditional clothes, eat my traditional food. This is when the earth starts realizing that, come on, we are all the same. We are all in whatever you believe in, religious wise or non-religious, what you're actually working, you want a better life for your life, your kids and family, you want to do better. And this is what everyone wants. Once people realizing that, and that, like, the fear culture is really dangerous. Because when you're fearing, and the first generation will be fearing stuff people they know, but the younger generation are actually really isolated from the other communities. They don't. They are feeling people they don't really know. And this is when it became dangerous. Yeah. When you are not actually you don't have any friends from other communities or people of color or people who speak other languages, and then you realize like, oh, they are fearing me. So like you hear comments and we say like in the settlement work also what we're doing. We're saying that adults they are after passage what happened that adults are keeping the comment to their mouths. Like they are keeping it to themselves whatever that comment is. But go to our schools and see the real comments happening there. It's, I was shocked, to be honest, by engaging with some of the youth in the schools, talking to them about what, what topics, like how many friends do you have? Actually, our, our schools is groups. You only associate with people of your skin color, language, or people you know. You might have some aspect of like activity friend, but they are your activity friend. You don't need them outside the activity. So this is really tough to see in 2023 that people are really coming back to, unfortunately, we call it the prison life. In the prison, every, every group 
together with one group to create that gang feeling of protection. You don't need that at school. And this culture need to be like taken off a bit from schools. I believe the school and the Ministry of Education need to do a bit more aspect around that stuff. Because like we need an action. We, we don't need to wait until another crisis happens and then oh like we have to work toward that. And as we said, like when you need a tree, you need to plant it 20 years ago. You don't plant it today. And, and this is an aspect like so uh, events like this, education, engaging with people, culture, is really hard when people are afraid. So making those stuff open in public are good ideas to bring people in together. But to be honest, I think as a community, also ethnic communities within New Zealand, it's our duty to go to the other communities and talk to them. Yes, don't wait until people come to you. We, you know, we all know we cannot do our job only from our office, especially when we are building communities. We need to be within the communities that we are targeting at the same time. And of course, adding on what also the councillor said, that addressing the elephant in the room is really important. So like going back to honoring the treaty or the, all the issue of happened in here. And for people who, like us, we are arrived and welcome to New Zealand. And to be honest, like some of the information we received at the beginning, it turned out to be like not real information. It's like media information that it's been collected from anywhere, just read it. But when you read the history, and to be honest, this is what we told some of the people at the camp. It was like, oh, you read some of the colonization stuff, Google some stuff, and then you realize, like, oh, so you want to convince me they sent us the bad colonizers to the Middle East and they sent the good ones to New Zealand. <laughs> Anyways, like, this is the stuff that happened. Coming into New Zealand, and we're not seeing that people, government-wise, strategy of refugee settlement, we need to be accepting, we need to be doing, to accept that strategy. But at the same time, I'm seeing the people of the house are sitting on the side, and no one checking with them. No one is actually engaging with them properly. In our culture, this is against our manner. Like, we cannot enter a house where people are really sitting on the side, and I cannot accept to be, like, oh, engaging and doing stuff while I'm seeing that there's something wrong, and for us to believe that, to behave all together, I think that addressing the elephant in the room is really important. Here's something interesting. Parkyards talking about parkyards. Um, I just had something to add. I think I just want to acknowledge the fact that this is happening here tonight, but I want to make an observation, which is this is not the forum. This is the conversation that Parkia needs to be having with each other. It's ironic that it's people from the multi-ethnic council who are trying to solve race relations. And it's not their problem. It becomes their problem because of Parkia attitudes. Um, another observation would be that um, as a Parkia, um, one of the things I know about my people is that we are risk averse, we are um, scared of difference, we are scared of people who think differently from us. This is New Zealand Parkia. Um, when it comes to climbing mountains, um, sending rockets into space, we've got all this kind of physical courage, but we don't have a lot of moral courage. And so when we, when we encounter people who are different, who think differently, whether it's religion, whether it's political opinions, um, we shy away and make out that um, we, you know, we try and paper over the cracks because we don't want to actually um, upset people, engage in, in conflict. So this is um, the job that Parkia New Zealanders, there's not many of us in the room, of course, um, this is our job. That we have to be doing this work with our own people. Um, and there aren't a lot of places for this to happen. This doesn't happen in the education system. Um, 
it doesn't really happen in the church. It's not that most parkers go to church these days anyway. Um, but it doesn't happen in our media because of who owns the media and what the agenda is. So it really depends on people who are community-based and um, raising, the, raising these issues. These are issues that have been with New Zealand since settlement began. It's always been about fear of the other. And that's something that we brought with us from Britain because most of our people were kicked out of their homes, burnt out, starved out, whatever. They were the flotsam sort and of jetsam of the British Empire, basically. And so they came to New Zealand hoping to make a better life, and they knew they were going to be superior to all the brown people who were here. And so that's the way they like it, that's the way they kept it. Um, so I just I want to acknowledge the conversation, but um, the, hard, the heavy lifting shouldn't be being done by you. Um, if you have the grace and the aroha, to be open and to be willing to share, eventually people will come, but the heavy lifting has got to be done by Pākehā people. I'm kind of a little bit odd because I've always loved languages, loved travelling, and as soon as I saw that there were a lot of people from the town, I was like, yay, exciting, you know? I just, I love other cultures, so um, that, the, the whole experience of being a uh, resettlement uh, volunteer has just totally opened up my life. It's just filled, filled it with so many different experiences and I've learned to read Arabic and read all that sort of thing. I've just loved it and I've loved getting to know each family. Just it's a whole different experience and I struggle sometimes when I'm around other, well, like work where there's sort of a wee bit of a, um, I mean, I, I've got an example, I've got a friend who lives out at Finch, and um, I said one day we were going to go and visit this man there, went on, and he said, oh, they're probably all there discussing how to make a bomb or something. And that was a joke, um, which I found, I found really offensive. Um, I've had a few of those sort of things, but I managed to weed out all those sort of people from my life. So I don't, yeah, I mean, I just, in my everyday life, I try and just spread this sort of excitement or the interest in different people from different cultures. So if someone, an Arabic family, comes into the mall, I'll introduce them to my friends at the mall or start talking about something and just try and. You know, just make it like it's a normal thing to have different people from different cultures in your life. And so, we get on to education. Education in New Zealand and thoughts and views on it. Check it out. And just to acknowledge the position, that people who are in positions of influence need to take it really, really seriously. So, I think um, it's really important to kind of think about this in levels. So, Jane, you've highlighted the real power of the micro-level community good, that is good work that people do to connect with other people and to bring other people into those connections. Um, and I don't think we should underestimate the power of that to change communities. Um, but at the same time, I'm super conscious in my role in education and teachers are really powerful. Mm. And um, in my work with young people, um, horrifying stories of teachers being willfully deaf 
uh, to really explicit racist abuse in these school communities. And so for those of us who are in positions where we can influence, we should influence, uh, absolutely take that role seriously. And teacher education is something we're really working on, and it's a, it's a long game, as you've um, seen, Marie, and colonisation has a huge amount to play with that. But just uh, one other thing I'd say, I think it's really important that we have people in positions of influence from diverse communities who reflect the communities in our country. Um, and that also changes things. So, you know, media representation, the way the media talk about communities, um, in politics, in education, and health, and social services, we need people in those positions who represent the communities they serve. And I think that's also really powerful. I've, uh, my background is in education. Um, and I have a, an observation and then a question for you that relates to it. We're all aware of the power of education and the importance of what we can do through our schools, but having said that, of course, um, education is not the panacea and probably the most important influences on the thinking and the attitudes of young people are the families and the community around them and their peers. But having said that, education is still very, very uh, powerful and potentially so. Um, it's a while since I actually looked in detail at the social studies curriculum in, in the primary schools, but I, I know that there's some very uh, broad, very, very positive kinds of statements and aims and, and aspirations in, in those documents. And the comment that was made earlier about the... Um, the the influence of individual teachers it can be quite considerable. Um, I think this is the observation that we perhaps need to be a lot more specific in our teaching of uh, young people and teenagers about the essence of what it means to be human. Because this actually gets down to the roots of, uh, and deals with the roots of uh, the problems that manifest themselves further up the line when this is not done. So I, I yearn for the day when it's when we, we're talking with young people and to them it's it's just taken for granted that they understand such concepts that that, that trustworthiness has no ethnicity or culture or uh, the, the, the qualities or the virtues if you like that make up the human being. Uh, generosity and respect and kindness and love and initiative and you know the, I saw this was about seventy in the particulars that these have no ethnicity they have no culture they have expressions in different cultural formats and so on but when our young people understand these things because it's been explicitly taught to them that way uh, that will go a long way um, at the moment uh, and I stand to be corrected, that the focus in the primary schools and even less so in, in the high schools, and I've pulled them both, um, is to uh, expose children to a variety of different cultures so that they see them. And this is a very good beginning, and it's definitely better than nothing. But I don't think, personally, that it's anywhere near sufficient that we have a, a curriculum that is focused so much on ultimate economic outcomes uh, and it is there's a serious deficit in training young people to be 
human beings in the, in the broadest, uh, deepest sense of that term. Um, but, so that's the observation. The question that I have from you is to ask what you think we need to be doing a lot more of. Uh, there's an assumption on that question, of course. You, you might be quite happy with the way things are going on in schools, but I'm assuming that you don't believe that. What, what do you think we could be doing a lot better in our education systems, in our primary schools and in our high schools, in the way of educating our people uh, so that it, it, the kind of culture and society that we have in Aotearoa is one where we don't see uh, the levels of racism and, and so on that, that we currently experience? What do you think could be done? You know, ideas that you have. And then related question is organisations like the Dunedin Multicultural Council and the Dunedin City Council, you, you know, uh, what can we do? But it needs to be on the basis of, of what's realistic and possible. But that question, what would you like to see in our schools? Ah, the question was posed. Not all the time there was an answer, but it didn't need to be at times. I think that was part of the forum, was to get people thinking. And maybe part of their thoughts, maybe they, their thinking they might turn into action and, and maybe sharing with other um, groups. So, interesting. Yes, very interesting. And we moved on to Ukraine. So what actually the government is doing is, well, I know aware of that for the Ukrainian because they didn't get the refugee status new to actually... If anyone knows why you can't get refugee status? Oh. It's the UNHCR. Yeah, because for the first time, the Earth behaved correctly. You can get refugee status if you get kicked out of your country and went to a country that discriminated against you and don't look to you as a citizen. But what happened with Ukraine is that all the country who hosted them, they issued for them directly a working visa or they became as a legitimate people within the country. That's why UNHCR didn't see the need of uh, like giving that status. So to be honest, like when someone has a refugee resettlement and see that approach happen with the Ukrainian, it was amazing because like if we all if we kept approach the same approach, let's go back to the Ukrainian uh, situation. Uh, I think the government in New Zealand they accept, uh, they opened some uh, special visas for Ukraine for under sponsorship. But I think someone from immigration can give better ideas about numbers and stuff like. Something like that. However, what I know that in the space there is still like access to design services for Ukrainians. I know it's a bit early stage, but there is a project that Rick Ross currently working on. It's actually going to be mainly in Auckland, starting their trial in there because the numbers are higher there. It's to assist with finding work for education. It's similar to the P, it's actually a system project for me to the P2E uh, Pathways Employment team, but there will be a separate team. I know that at this stage they are hiring and looking for a team to start the services there. And this actually came from like purely initiative from the communities and volunteers within the Red Cross and Red Cross start asking like, oh, we want to do something. And you know, if you want to know like Mighty Brain Brain as well, you want to factor in that. So hopefully there will be a soon kind of service that some of the Ukrainian Canadian settlement New Zealand will be accessing to support them get to work at this stage. And we all hope that there will be better support happening in space. Well, just to add to that, um, 
because of that issue, I was approached as chair of the Dunedin Formal Refugee Steering Group and actually asked um, uh, Dunedin City Council staff to make inquiries and they came back with there are no official support structures, but they're they're working with um, an entity contact who is facilitating a, some sort of partnership group that will hopefully organise those. So, what you were listening to on the, our program today was just a small segment of um, things that were shared between the people that were present. I felt lucky that I was able to be there to hear and listen and be part of a conversation. It involves everyone that lives here in this country um, and uh, finding a way forward and where we can lead other countries' immigration, um, education. It was, I think it was very important as part of Race Relations Week to have this forum and have these discussions Um um, bringing people together in a, in a situation where they can share and be themselves and then move on and move forward and make new connections and maybe carry these things through. I think what makes people really vulnerable when they come to New Zealand in whatever situation is when um, participation in the community is really difficult. Um, and I think from an education perspective at the moment we have weak structures to enable people pathways to participation. So the new, the special visa that introduced new conditions in March, uh, partly I think in response to money for Ukraine, um, and that's around healthcare, um, access to school for those under 18. But our social services provision is so complicated for anybody who needs to access it in Multi-level is not part of a majority group, uh, and that's a magnified for newcomers, and that creates vulnerabilities, I think. So that applies to former refugees, it applies to people from Ukraine, it applies to migrants generally. Um, so, you know, I just think education is such an obvious thing to make available. Unfortunately, in our very Anglo-centric, monolingual, English-heavy community, access to English language is Relations and fantastic to see the Needham Multicultural Council uh, facilitate and organise um, this event for all of our communities. I just want to congratulate the organising committee for your hard work as Race Relations Day is an important day for us to talk about the issues of inclusion, belonging and the building of nationhood. You all play a big role.
role. I hope you enjoy the um, the events that have been organised. Maybe that the rich uh, corded order is going to happen will ensure that our children and our grandchildren will benefit from our work going forward. So kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.